Today on the Movement of Color podcast, we are going to talk about Hunter Biden. How the hell did he lead to impeachment proceedings? Also, I went to Detroit last month to the Congress of Symbiosis Movement. I'm going to give you the lowdown of what I learned. My name is Brandon Payton Carrillo. And just to remind you, you can follow us on Twitter at movement underscore color. Thank you. So Byron, I hear you're excited about a Biden. Yes, I, 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 I'm, I'm a huge uh, Biden fan, but uh, not the Biden you're thinking of. Oh, do tell, do tell. Uh, so Recently, uh, Donald, the House Democrats have finally, finally uh, kind of started the impeachment kind of proceedings to Donald Trump. Uh, basically, what they're doing now is like an inquiry where they're kind of just like looking into stuff and trying to see if there's anything to impeach him on. Uh, there's a fuck ton of shit, but they're going to probably go to like Nancy Pelosi, uh, the House uh, Democrat uh, leader has said that they're only going to focus on one specific issue, which is has to do with Ukraine. Uh, Joe Biden's dipshit son, uh, a call with the new President Zelensky, who's a former actor, and then, uh, you know, uh, Donald Trump. So it, it's, it's, it's going to be fun all around. So a lot of the scandal centers around Hunter Biden, correct? Yes, Hunter Biden and uh, Donald Trump. For, for, for like those are like the two different polls. If if you're a Republican, you're focusing on the Hunter Biden part. If you're a Democrat, you're focusing on the jo- on the Donald Trump part. But they're they're both equally dumb and stupid, and I want the world to die. <laughs> All right. So which dumb and stupid part do you want to tackle first? Well, I think we can kind of focus in this kind of chronologically. Um, so we okay. can start with uh, the Hunter Biden part. So uh, Joe Biden. Uh, used to be the vice president of the United States, and he never shuts up about it. Uh, but one thing he doesn't talk about is how, uh, kind of as part of the Washington ruling class, um, his a lot of their children of a lot of the children of the Washington ruling class are either you know fairly competent and probably gonna like take their place, um, kind of like heirs apparent, if you will, of like the old ruling of the old aristocrats aristocratic class, um, but. So, so many of them are complete and total incompetent idiots who would not survive society if if it was not for their parents' influence and or money. Uh, this is the case of Hunter Biden, uh, Joe Biden's uh, shittier, far less competent, far more drug addicted uh, son. Uh, you know, I, I think you you have like a special name for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I call him Hunter Biden the lesser. Yes, he's the lesser because because uh, Hunter Biden has kind of been, like, thrusted into this position of heir apparent um, kind of only a few years ago. Um, originally, the kind of heir apparent to uh, Joe Biden's kind of political career was uh, the older son, uh, uh, Bew, 
uh, Bo Biden. Uh, he was like a year older than than, than Hunter. Um, he was, you know, you know, kind of like kind of starting to go into that political route. Uh, you know, Joe Biden had kind of like set the path for him. But ultimately, he ended up getting cancer and died of cancer a few years ago. So now Hunter Biden has to kind of take his place, even though he's been kind of more focusing on the financial track of it, on like the economic side of shit. And is in no way kind of prepared for any of that. And like, and also because he's kind of like the backup, kind of supposed to be like the the economic connections in the background. The shit he did, was, the shit he would do was like a lot shadier. Um, and in one cases, in one of these cases, when Joe Biden was president, he kind of made a deal with this uh, Ukrainian energy company run by this oligarch, uh, one of the many oligarchs of Ukraine. Uh, you know, you know, there's you know somehow by this magic mystery of being foreign and different are different from our oligarchs but you know <laughs> so yes. uh so joe biden made his deal you know and in return for um putting hunter biden on the bo- on the board of directors of this energy company and basically giving him a stipend of fifty thousand dollars a year for being on this board of directors which is like not it's not a hard job to do. You basically just make decisions on behalf of the corporation. You represent shareholders. That's basically all you fucking do. Um, you don't have to be good at it uh, to get the, all that money. Um, so in turn for basically securing um, Hunt, uh, Hunter Biden, like kind of a, lot, uh, a cash flow and some influence in the Ukraine um, energy sector, Joe Biden, Joe Biden was kind of like going to give a bunch of influence because he was vice president. He had the ear of the president. Um, you know, he has all his connections with Washington. Uh, it is, there's no way in fucking hell that that was not the case. Um, you know, this is actually fairly common in, in Washington. Uh, you know, they just have all these dipshit sons and daughters who aren't good for anything. So they just put them on board of directors of these nonprofits or like, you know, corporations and other countries or sometimes even the U S like they don't even fucking try to cover it up. It's just a fact. Yeah. So, Uh, Oh, go ahead. Correction. Um, he received compensation of up to fifty thousand a month. Oh, so it's worse. <laughs> so it's worse. Yes. Yes. So, uh, so kind of, um, you know, Ukraine had its own little mini revolution that kind of just ended up turning into this like reactionary hellhole with uh, neo Nazis and are part of the Ukrainian military. Uh, but you know, along with that, along with the new, uh, more pro EU president compared to the pro Russian president uh, before. Um, there was kind of a crackdown on corruption. Um, that's like usually normal when presidents, when Ukrainian presidents come in, they do this kind of whole like dog and pony show with corruption of like, you know, cracking down. So uh, Hunter Biden, uh, his, 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 his scent got, uh, got caught by one of the uh, investigators um, during these like corruption purges. And Joe Biden started like freaking out and essentially pressured, um, got Obama to pressure uh, the former Ukrainian president um, to fire the investigator looking into Hunter Biden and this Ukrainian oil energy company, <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> um, you know the, for, for, but from what I've read, um, the investigator was kind of like incompetent, like not that great, but still, it's you know uh, if if you're being nice and really giving towards the Bidens, it looks like oh you know it was just you know the person was incompetent, and you know it's not good luck. But if you're like, I think more on the side of very cynical towards the the ruling class, uh, and I think a lot of people are, um, it's gonna be like, oh no, they just did it to cover their ass, and it doesn't matter if the investigator was competent or not. What mattered was 
the investigator was on their ass. <laughs> yeah. And now that fucker's gone. And now, now the fucker's gone. So it kind of like just kind of, you know, that they thought that was the end of it. Um, you know, oh, okay, you know, Hunter Biden's just gonna stay on this energy company's board of directors, get the fucking $50,000 every month. Uh, Joe Biden is gonna stay, is gonna, you know, continue working in Washington. Um, you know, probably be like, I don't know, Secretary of State or fucking some position for the next Democratic president, you know, for Hillary Clinton or something. But mm-hmm. then Trump won. And that kind of like changed everybody's lives, <laughs> especially the uh, American ruling class on the Democratic side, because they thought they were gonna win forever. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Trump, uh, a few months ago from present, uh, was supposed to give a bunch of military aid to Ukraine um, in, you know, because they have like their own uh, war with a bunch of Russian backed separatists in the east. Um, so, you know, Trump, you know, the, the you know, perennial deal maker uh, decided, OK, I want to get some stuff out of the out of Ukraine. For in return for this military aid, Trump made this kind of now famous call with the uh, new president of the Ukraine, Zelensky, who is a character in and of himself. The guy, uh, the only reason he's fucking president is because people knew his face because he was uh, a like the main character in this kind of like their version of the West Wing, where this kind of like you know average everyman, uh, everyman uh, Ukrainian teacher. Uh, his his students, you know, went on this kind of very pissed off rant on YouTube that became viral about how corrupt uh, the Ukrainian government is, and then his students kind of like f- draft him to run for the presidency, and like he doesn't even know until he gets elected president that he's gonna become president. <laughs> so, Jeez. uh, so and he ends up becoming like, oh, you know, this everyman. He has no connections to the oligarchs. Uh, he's just kind of an average dude. He just wants to help people. So he, you know, gets his like, you know, he gets his old friends to become like cabinet ministers, which is like, oh, that just sounds like nepotism. But whatever. Um, that that's fine, I guess. And like, he turns down every single bribe that gets offered to him. Uh, he, you know, tries to improve things. He has to deal with like corrupt parties and like uh, in the legislature, you know, all that kind of stuff. It goes for like a good number of seasons and then it gets a fucking movie on Netflix, which is like, okay. Uh, But you know, eventually the series ends, but he gets kind of, he realizes how popular this, this guy is. And they're kind of like inspired by Trump. It's like, Oh, fucking anybody can run for like any presidency. It doesn't fucking matter. There's no real downside to it. Um, If they win to become president and you know, the oligarch that backs them gets a fuck ton of power. Um, If they lose, you know, the actor's, you know, star power probably gains because they have all this public exposure. So they, you know, they pull Trump. He wins because he gets, you know, this huge backing from this uh, giant uh, Ukrainian oligarch uh, kind of backs him that, you know, kind of financed his whole acting career. And now he's now his whole political career. Um, So uh, so when Trump made the call to Zelensky and said, um, essentially, you know, in a very roundabout way, uh, he, you know, kind of summarizing a little bit, like, look into Hunter Biden and that investigation to get me political ammo in the upcoming general election because he thinks Biden might end up becoming uh, the Democratic Party uh, candidate. Look into that. Um, get me whatever you can. And in return, I'll give you all this military aid that I was supposed to give you anyway. 
So Zelensky is like, ah, shit. Um, goes to his, uh, you know, and normally it's if, you know, if, you know, normally probably just tell him like, okay, I'll do this. But um, it was kind of greenlighted, I guess, by uh, Zelensky's oligarch because he, Zelensky's oligarch is like a rival of Hunter Biden's oligarchs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's just like uh, so it literally is just a giant clash between the ruling class of of Ukraine and the US so so uh, this call gets turned into a transcript like you know calls in the White House tend to do because they used to have a taping system they got rid of it after Nixon for obvious reasons so they just yeah, kind of do transcripts like instead um, and Trump uh, Trump's like advisors and like staff and all that kind of stuff at least from what a few have been you know one of one of them kind of saw this message like kind of saw this this transcript for this call and was like oh this is actually more fucked up than i even i am willing to to kind of deal with and ultimately sent a whistleblower um, contact to uh nis which is like the national internal security whatever Uh, basically they handle whistleblowers um, mm-hmm. and they found out it was credible and then it became this whole big thing that it is now where it's like every day in CNN and MSNBC and even Fox news. Now, um, they're kind of talking about it. And like, even Fox news reporters are like, uh, like even the pundits on Fox news are like kind of split on like, you know, you got Sean Hannity saying, this looks bad, dude. Um, like speaking directly to the president, uh, <laughs> cause the president watches, uh, Fox news religiously and they know it. And, you know, you got, like, Tucker Carlson trying to defend him, and it's a whole shit show that it is today. Really big shit show. Um, but before we go on and deeper into the shit show, um, I just want to bring up a point of information about Zelensky, um, particularly on his acting career. This dude was in a movie called uh, Rizisky versus Napoleon, which was a sequel to a movie called Hitler goes kaput. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was worth mentioning to uh, our listeners because it's fucking ridiculous to be a part of a movie that is a sequel to another movie called Hitler goes kaput. Yeah, I mean, like, unless it was some kind of, like, uh, like weird comedy romp where, like, it's, they kind of lean into that weirdness. Um that just sounds weird, but I don't know. Maybe it's like a translation thing. I don't know. It, Maybe it sounds it's better. A com- it's a comedy. It's a comedy, but it's uh, like if you saw the, the picture, the, the like the whole poster, the movie poster on this, you got really shitty wigs, really, really shitty mustaches, goofy hats. Um, they go the whole. Oh, no, I just saw it. Yards. I just saw it. I just saw it. Oof. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, that's that's their president. Cool. It's like if we had instead of Donald Trump, we had um, Adam Sandler, which arguably might be a better president than Donald Trump. But I mean, I know the Republicans would probably be fine with him because he is actually fairly conservative. Um, I don't know how neo-Nazis would feel about him since he is like Jewish. But I don't know. Like neo-Nazis support Israel nowadays because of ethnic, you know, ethnic nationalism. Who the fuck knows? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a weird world. So okay, um, sorry, I just had to state that. That's I thought that was fucking weird. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's funny. I'll give I'll give you that. It's fucking weird. Um, so 
now we're in the shit show. The whole media circus is, circ- you know, speculating about, ooh, Trump and impeachment, impeachment query. Uh, was there a crime? What is the crime? Was it quid pro quo or was it, uh, you know, threatening and bullying and all this other shit? What is your analysis, Byron? Um, I mean, Nancy Pelosi has said that, like, they're just going to focus on this and not really look into any of the other or, like, real kind of impeachable offenses that Trump has committed. Uh, like, you know, for example, um, you know, that if you ever talk to any liberals any like hashtag resistance libs, they never shut up about the emoluments clause, which basically says that like, oh, the president can't use the office to uh, kind of promote their businesses and like their financial dealings, which Trump does constantly because he has like, whenever they go over, whenever anyone goes overseas, if there's a Trump uh, hotel, they need to stay in it and they like have meetings in it. They promote it constantly, which is like a clear breaking of the emoluments clause. Um, doesn't really hurt national security or any of that shit, so, like, no one really cares. <laughs> uh, no one in Washington cares, anyway. Um, it's just middle-class resistance libs who, like, lose their minds over it. Uh, but, so, like, they're not gonna look into that. They're not gonna look into anything else. They're just gonna look into this Zelensky stuff. Um, so, I don't know. It could... I don't know. If the Democrats want to try, they can. But, uh, it's... I mean, they have enough votes. They have they have the votes in terms of like because they control the house. Um, if Nancy Pelosi gets off her ass and actually whips, uh, you know, the more right wing Democrats, they they can get it done. They can get uh, the impeachment start. They can impeach the president. But once you impeach the president, it then goes to the Senate to actually convict, which is a whole other story because the Republicans control the Senate, and the Republicans uh, are absolutely terrified of their constituents because their constituents love Trump. Um, I believe I remember watching uh, CNN once at a, at a college junior uh, in my college, <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, I guess you're in California. Yeah, yeah, it is SoCal. So, uh, and on CNN they had this one person say like, "Oh," uh, and it, it became big kind of later on through the day as, as other media, as other kind of media outlets kind of got a got a wind of it. That, oh, there's this like Republican aide who's been with the Republicans forever. And he just sent out this, like, basically kind of leaked that, like, oh, if there was a impeachment call tomorrow, uh, 30, 30 Senate Republicans would vote against Donald Trump and, like, join their – and, like, cross the aisle. But what was what was kind of like – that was, like, kind of like the clickbait uh, title of it. But when you kind of go deeper into it, whether it's an article or, like, an interview or whatever, what it comes out to is, like, oh, if it was anonymous – they would vote to impeach Trump, but uh, that's not how the Senate works. That's not how voting at all works because there's such a thing as a public record and accountability and, you know, um, and maintaining uh, some semblance of democracy um, in, in this very undemocratic system. So, you know, the, the Senate Republicans will never vote against Trump as long as it's public and it will always be public votes because, again... Their constituents fucking love Trump. They fucking, they have he they have like an he has like an eighty percent uh, popularity popularity rating with Republicans. Uh, he just does all the things they've always want the the Republican base has always wanted to fucking do, um, and they will do all the mental gymnastics to you know stick with him just like the Dems did with uh, Obama. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter how many drone strikes you fucking do. How, doesn't matter how many civilians you kill. 
you know, it was okay, and it's better than what the Republicans would have done. Um, so I think, you know, if Pelosi wants to, just on, you know, she, it's like she's feeling good that day. Yeah, they'll get the impeachment, but they will never get the conviction. The, the conviction. And even if they did, if they did get the conviction, which I am 100% certain they will not. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm making that prediction here. Um, but if they did, they would just get, like, you, we would just get um, that fucking evangelical psycho, um, Mike Pence, as president. And he's far more competent, far more connected within, like, the inner Republican Party circles. And he will probably do, like, just the same shit he's, uh, Trump has done, just in a more aesthetically pleasing way to middle-class liberals. Oh, well, that's we live a in hell. bold prediction. <laughs> we, we do live in hell. Yes. We live in hell. And this is one thought that I had about that is there could be a possibility of um, Mr. Turtle Man, uh, Senate Majority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell, if impeachment goes through the House, he just won't deal with it. He just won't fuck with it. Won't even yeah, bring it he, up. He will never bring it up. That's something the Senate Majority Leader is like kind of capable of doing. He can he can block legislation, but just like, yeah, no, we're not even going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's done multiple times like, throughout the, uh, like, a lot, basically. Yeah, like, when the Dems were all trying to get Merrick Garland, you know, he's like, oh, I'm not going to deal with that. Um, he can do that about impeachment, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm not a constitutional law person, but I don't see where it says that you have to, you know, have a trial if the articles of impeachment, you know, it passes in this house. So, and then who's going to stop them? Yeah. Who's going to say, oh, yeah, who's going to hold them accountable? Yeah, they have the majority. That's how it works. And they're, and like, especially after Newt Gingrich kind of came to power within the Republican Party, like, they're, they they are on brinksmanship mode all the time now, and the Democrats still haven't really adapted to it because, you know, then that would mean they would have to follow through on their promises, which they don't want to do. <laughs> At all. At fucking all. So, any last thoughts about this bullshit? You made a bold prediction that uh, Donald Trump He's not going to get impeached. No, no, he will probably he might get impeached, but he's not going to get convicted and removed. Okay, he won't get removed. Um, anything else? Um, the media circus at least fun. Um, it's kind of I think I think it's kind of a repeat of Epstein, where the mask kind of slips off and people realize just how shitty um, and terrible both parties are and just how corrupt the American ruling class is. Um, but it really depends because, um, again, MSNBC, like the liberal side of media is focusing on the Donald Trump part and the, you know, Fox news right wing side is focusing on the Hunter Biden part. Um, and it kind of really go out of their way to not talk about their, you know, their guys, um, as anything other than perfect. So, um, Unless you, like, happen to be one of those weirdos who, like, does both sides bullshit, mm. um, which, you know, no one likes you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no or one. you're, like, kind of a leftist and you got to go to these kind of more, you know, far politically far left um, media outlets. Yeah, you'll probably pick that up, pick up on it. That's how I did it. Um, 
you, people probably won't find out about it. But like for those who do find, like slip through the cracks, it's just kind of it's a it's more it's more force eye openers, I guess. Hmm. That's pretty thoughtful. People, you gotta keep your eyes open. You gotta yeah, stay, stay woke. woke. <laughs> <laughs> you can just imagine the, the the guy fox mask falling onto my face. Yeah. Uh, that's a beautiful um that's a beautiful like shit fuck um <laughs> it's a great image that you're leaving us with thank you buddy Yes, yes. Detroit is lovely this time of year. Uh, so, um, but I, so why did you go? Like, what, what was the, what was the occasion? Well, it was the first uh, Congress of Municipal Movements um, by Symbiosis. Uh, it's an organization that's newly confederated. Um, it has very libertarian socialist uh, perspective, and. Um, Overall, it was a good time. No, oh, nice. Um, I, I, I have heard a little bit about Symbiosis, but I don't know a lot about them. Um, one thing I do know is that they're really into Bookchin. <laughs> yes. Bookchin is like the North Star. Um, there were so many times I heard Bookchin's name, unsolicited, by the way, um, about everything, even like lunch. Somehow, like, Bookchin, he just comes up. When you're, it's really refreshing to hear Butchka's name mentioned in an environment that's a little bit more multi-tendency, but yet um, airs on the side of uh, libertarianism. Yeah, the the, the, the the proper real libertarianism, not the fake propertarianism of the United States. Exactly, exactly. Not that bullshit. Awesome. Uh, so it was in Detroit. Um, so how long was the conference anyway? It was four days long, um, oh, wow. September yeah, September 18th through the 22nd. Um, we were at basically an abandoned college. <laughs> wait, what, wait, 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 wait. Go, 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 uh, ex- what do you mean <laughs> by that? So, all right, there was this college that's been around since like 1903 on kind of the north side of Detroit, uh, Mary Grove College. And... Um, they just couldn't really make a go of it. So they, they quit teaching undergrads like years ago. And they pretty much just taught out all of their graduate students. So part of the campus is used for like a Detroit public schools kind of charter or something. But the rest of it is like really under, underutilized. Um, and we were able to use the premise for pretty cheap from what I understand. And, um, yeah, it's, it's spooky as shit. I made a music, <laughs> I made a music video and I use like the outside of it. Cause I, you know, do music videos and stuff. Um, and it's, it's really spooky as shit. Hell yeah. Like we're like, like, were you like feeling you're going to get like stabbed by the darkness <laughs> or something? Yes, exactly. It looks like a, the building itself looks like a cross between like Gryffindorf if um, Gryffindor's 
the headmaster was ran by Satan. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so but b- barring that weird fucking haunted house vibe, um, how kind of was the feeling like during the convention itself? Like how was the mood? How, how did the mood change over time as the convention went on? Because um, I know when we discussed the DSA convention, um, it was it was very up and down. Um, and very intense emotionally. This was very up and down, but I feel like what if the DSA convention was like a six or seven on like the volatility volatility meter, this was like a nine or ten. Oh shit! Yeah, it was like first people were like, "Man, this fucking sucks. We fucking hate Robert's rules or this shitty version of Robert's rules. This is garbage," you know. This dude saying stupid ass shit. Fuck this. I don't even know if I want to be here. I don't even know if I want to work with these people. Fuck these guys. And then by the end of the day, because um, essentially the mob took over <laughs> and like um, created different rules and or- of order and whatnot, um, people were like, oh, man, this is so great. Man, I'm very optimistic. The next day, oh, God, this is horrible horse shit. Can't believe I'm in the room with these assholes. This other dude stinks. And then the end of the evening is like, oh, man, we moved the needle so far. This is so great. That went on for like four days. God damn. Yeah. So, um, so like for, for you personally, like what do you think are some of like the high points and also like the low points of the convention itself? So, okay, it's almost like the the high points and the low points are kind of the same thing. There's like a double-edged sword that happened. Because there was such a hardcore revolt against um, Robert's rules and then the fact that we weren't in circles because libertarian socialists love circles. Uh, <laughs> it really kind of highlighted and exacerbated the differences in the rooms from maybe different like regional differences or ideological differences, even racial differences. Uh, so people kind of had a fucked up attitude when they were kind of put in a more parliamentary setting. Um, once that was alleviated, there was much more um, cooperation, much the level of com- camaraderie was like, it was much higher. And um, people generally felt better. I don't think there was a lot of, as much sex as in um, the DSA convention, but I think people loved each other more, way more than the DSA convention. Yeah. Uh, I-, I know after the DSA convention, a lot of people really started to become critical of the parliamentary nature of it, of, of like, hell, Robert's rules, but also just, like, the fact that it's, like, either you're pro or against, and there's, like, no middle ground, there's no real way to compromise, um, or at least compromise isn't incentivized. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that was a really big criticism of the conven- of the DSA convention, and from what I've heard from people like yourself and others who have been to the symbiosis uh, convention, like, Y'all actually probably fucking dealt with it, <laughs> like there at the convention itself. Yeah, we we weren't fucking around. 
I know personally myself because I've been, you know, abused and molded and shaped by, you know, corporate capitalism and then going into an organization that really used a lot of Robert's rules. It didn't matter to me. I'm like, okay. But, you know, it sucks when you're doing something that's based around Robert's rules and the people you're around don't know how to use it. Oh, yeah. So they're like, oh, point of order, and it's not a point of order. Or a point of inquiry, and it's like a fucking statement. Or, you know... Or it's a very pointed question. Yeah, exactly. People were using words they didn't quite understand, and then because they have to kind of puff themselves up a little bit about it, you know, it gets a little bit more contentious because you're probably saying something way stupider than what you really intended to. Or you're saying the exact same thing as someone else, but you're arguing with that same person for saying the exact same thing, but just different wording. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the Tower of Babel when we (laughs) used Robert's Rules. So the process of leaving Robert's Rules behind to something else was gradual and at some points kind of ugly. And not ugly, like, mean or anything, mean-spirited, but just like, man, this is fucking sloppy as shit. Um, But once we got to where we needed to go, it was so much, so much better. Yeah, nice. That's that's, that's good to hear because y'all did something that we did not do at the DSA convention. (laughs) No. Uh, So... Um, so at the end of the day, y'all voted to confederate. So like, what does that mean in, in this specific context? So symbiosis is a pretty much an organization of member organizations. You can be like a lone member. You don't have to be a part of any other group, but the idea is, you know, Hey, start groups. Um, these groups, their jobs are what they are already doing because these are not just organizations that, sprung up around symbiosis a lot of them are already doing good work in the community such as like cooperation jackson um you had other kind of symbi uh symbiosis linked groups um i know flora cooperative who i represented there you know as a worker cooperative in milwaukee wisconsin um you got dsa's libertarian socialist caucus you know, they're there. So all these organizations, you know, believe in direct democracy as some in some way or form, um, believe in um, creating a solidarity economy. Um, they also believe in um, that ecology and the environment has to be a key component in anything that we do, um, and obviously very much anti-capitalist um, and as horizontal as possible. You know, there's no unwarranted hierarchies, no unjustified hierarchies involved, you know. So those are kind of the main tenets. Those are like the points of unity. Um, and... Um, using symbiosis to connect resources and organizations is the main goal. It may shift over time as we get new member groups, new people 
taking active leadership in the organization. But that's what it is at this moment. Nice. Um, so, uh, so like, I know y'all have always been confederate, but, like, what were some of the kind of, like, the resolutions or, like, any, like, cool shit that you voted on that you just find really cool and interesting and you're very proud of? Well, that's where um, the difference between the DSA con- convention and um, the symbiosis convention kind of differs as well. Um, because there was so much headache on the process, it was pretty much coming away with points of unity, which we all kind of agreed on on the first day, but because the process was so fucked up, people, it just didn't get done. Um, and the agreement to confederate and agreement to kind of, um, even though this wasn't maybe an official agreement, it was kind of implicit that um, we want to take inspiration from indigenous communities. So that's kind of what shook out the whole process, the whole four days. Um, There was a lot of drinking. (laughs) Um, There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of the, um, the organizers who actually put the convention on uh, they must have been tearing out all of their body hair because it was just so volatile. And they it was a lesson in ego for them and kind of how to remove themselves from the ego and let the process work. And I think all of the organizi- organizers, they did that. And that's what made it help make it successful because they could have been, you know, recalcitrant and like, no, this is what we got to do this. We have to use Robert's rules. And then the whole thing probably would have fucking fell apart. But because of their leadership and humility, things got going. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Um, So I, um, so like, where can people find out more about symbiosis? All right. Well, I would suggest going to, symbiosis-revolution.org that would have um, the basis about about symbiosis I'll talk about the conference I'll show some of the resources and other reading lists that sort of thing if you want to join how to join if you want to donate donate some cash how to do that so I would go to symbiosis hyphen revolution.org nice awesome uh all right i think this is a good time to end it uh so thank you so much for going to this thing and kind of reporting back on uh on it and it it sounds like it went really well so that 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 is always good (laughs) yeah it was a great time and any excuse i get to have to go to detroit i'm taking it so (laughs) (laughs) awesome awesome all right uh see you later all right later all right gang we've come to the end of another episode please support us on patreon at patreon.com backslash movement of color my name is brandon payton Cudderio, and i just want to let you know that the song that you've heard throughout this episode is called corazon check it out on youtube just enter my name anyway till the next time i see you Adios. Color. The movement of color. 
the movement.